off the ball. If it was me, you'd absolutely love to be 17 up as opposed to being 17 points down. There's no upside to being 17 nil down at that stage, you know. It's a shocking start. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. You're welcome along. It's Thursday morning. It's OTBAM, and we're here all the way through until 10 o'clock. Kathleen is here. Kathleen, good morning to you. Good morning, guys. Shane is here. Shane, how are you? Morning, how are things? It's, uh, it's not Jose Mourinho's world, it turns out. Anything but Jose. So, in the build-up to this game, Jose Mourinho was talking about how he is going to end up potentially at Real Madrid or Paris Saint-Germain. If you are involved with Real Madrid or Paris Saint-Germain, and you're watching the football last night, and the aftermath of the game... And you choose Jose Mourinho as the manager of your pristine, precious jewel of a club. Well, then you deserve everything that's coming for you. Oh, it was a farce last night. I sat down to watch the Europa League final. I was like, this is going to be exciting. Jose against uh, the experts of the Europa League in Sevilla. The build-up was so good as well. Like, the atmosphere looked class, the fans. Yeah. Oh, everything was perfect. Set up perfectly for a brilliant game. It, like, it was an exciting game for some parts, but then it just tapered off into this farcical yellow card extravaganza where Anthony Taylor was I don't know probably having the the, the scariest night of his life um, Michael Oliver as fourth official probably the busiest night of his fourth official career uh, it was just one of those nights where you're just like this is insanity they're, they're on the bench remonstrating every single tiny minuscule decision um, and, and the yellow cards being thrown around uh, like willy nilly, it was just uh, was there seven yellow cards on the bench? There was maybe thirteen or fourteen yellow cards in the game, and all it was uh, like. And then, of course, at the end of extra time, um, Roma feel Eric Lamella should have been given a second yellow for a foul, led to a free kick. Lamella is let off. He ends up taking and scoring a penalty in the shootout for for Sevilla. So look, maybe that one you could argue was a wrong decision. But overall, I actually felt Anthony Taylor handled what was a really difficult night reasonably well I don't think I would have had the patience or composure that he had I didn't have the patience for the game so I dipped in and out and I, I saw when he was given the yellow card to Mancini and it looked to me a little bit like Taylor had lost the run of himself he was screaming at him to come over to him come over to him and then he gave him a warning and then immediately gave him a booking when there was just the next entanglement and you're like I mean yeah. you know like it, you just feel a little bit and then maybe he maybe he regained his composure and he wasn't chasing players around and and shouting at them no I thought like I didn't think considering. like considering how much Mourinho was at him calling him over every single foul that happened it actually turned into a bit of a joke when I was watching it like how many times is the camera going to flash over to the bench and Mourinho and everyone's just it was almost like a little Mexican wave they just all like rise together and run straight for the line but I thought considering how much fouling was going on Taylor did relatively well like he had so much to keep him busy and he he did lose it like once or twice with players when they weren't listening to him, but it wasn't like a thing that lasted for the whole game. You mm. know, he kind of got himself back under control. They all just sort of stopped playing football and just had a competition as to who could roll around and like act oh. the most hurt and injured. It would have been a better watch. Like it was such a terrible game by the end of it. Extra time was a phony war. Like at the end, it was like do you know Gaelic Gaelic football or hurling where. Especially Gaelic football, where a team gets a black card, and for that ten-minute period, they 
consistently go down and have their little fouls because the time is no. I know, of course. What? I know. You'd no. believe, you wouldn't believe it, would you? Not the true Irish Gales. No, no. Never no cheating that. here. Uh, but that that's felt like extra time. It felt like both teams were a, a black card Gaelic football team and they were just like passing the ball back and forth, going down injured. Nemanja Madic must have had 53 cramps. Like he just kept going, and the man only came on. Was One on for every time. muscle in his body. He was unbelievably cramped, um, but it was just—it was insane. The gesturing from Mourinho, the stat came up last night. He shared five European titles, a record with Giovanni Trapattoni, the only other manager who has five European titles, trying to get to six. Uh, gets his his runners-up medal after the match, and does his usual thing: walks away, well away from his uh, Roma players, throws the the medal into the crowd. So someone sitting at home. It's probably sitting on eBay right now. But uh, that's the thing, because like the Roma fans love him. Like they worship him. Yeah. They like feel they're so lucky that fact that they got a manager of Mourinho's caliber, or at least with his general CV, to actually come to them and like take over the team. And I was reading a couple of pieces ahead of the game yesterday of like different journalists who were based in the city ahead of the game and like talking to fans, and it was just like all hail the king, basically. Which Caesar, is mad. Caesar. Yeah, like all the fans are just like he can do whatever he wants. We don't care. But, and then at the end of the shootout, you're like this. Another moment of controversy that probably added to Jose is that Montiel, the Argentinian, takes the, the penalty for Sevilla to win it, misses, or rather, it's saved by Rui Patricio. And then they're like, take that again, there, will you? Oh, encroachment by Rui Patricio. Um, and if you look back at it, it probably was encroachment. It's the encroachment these days, like it, sometimes they're basically right in front of the penalty taker. That's how. Close to yeah. get. And it's it's so blatant and obvious. You have to give it. <laughs> this one wasn't blatant and obvious, but was it, it not? But no, okay. but if you look back on VAR when the ball is kicked, oh poor Jose! It's yeah. really unfortunate that they they use the rules against him, isn't it? <laughs> I wonder what prov- provokes everybody to like follow their law. Yeah, and the very letter. That was insanity. Just to piss him off. By the way, Montiel scored the winning penalty in the World Cup final shootout in December and now he scored the, scores the winning penalty once he retook it give him the Ballon d'Or now yep. Shane is what I hear you say nobody has done that ever in history no 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 uh, top level penalties but uh, it was battle of the defences for, for large swathes of the game uh, weirdly enjoyed it at par- in parts until it got to extra time and I was like no 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 this is actually well before extra time to be fair is that, uh, like the first half was fine yeah then after that was <laughs> awful yeah, I think, and then when Sevilla equalised, they looked like the more likely team for like twenty minutes. Uh, mm. They just couldn't. They couldn't get the ball in the net again. Very rarely that I sit and watch a game, and I'm like, "Why am I pushing myself through this?" I was like, "I could be, do- I could be learning a new skill right now. I could be doing something actually worthwhile with my time." But <laughs> you're somehow entranced. I think whatever it is about Mourinho, you just don't know what's going to happen, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I'll sit this. I'll put myself through this just to see what he does." And I don't want that for my life anymore. I don't want. It's fine for like one match a season. And I'll do that, but if he comes anywhere back towards the football that I watch regularly, it's it's going to upset me massively. Yeah, if you could stay out of the Champions League, that'd be great. If uh, Paris Saint-Germain, please paying attention, this is not what you need for your club. Although maybe they're looking at that going, oh, imagine everybody acting in concert and caring about it enough. Everybody seems to care about the result here. Yeah. We could do with a little bit of that. Well, if people have seen the, uh, the the clip that's gone reasonably viral after the match of, of Mourinho confronting Anthony Taylor as he presumably heads towards his, his shuttle bus or taxi or... It's in a random car park. like Yeah, underneath the stadium. And, and like, he, uh, so he calls him an effing disgrace, bullshit decisions. He, in the press conference, accused him of seeming Spanish um, for his decisions. It reminded me of the attack on Khabib. Uh, yeah, all it, all it was missing was the throwing of the thing. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Completely at it. Like, either it's it's totally calculated for some reason, 
Like he wants to go down as an absolute legend in the eyes of the Roma fans and he thinks this is the way to do it. Or he's completely lost control. Either way, you expect this is like a significant ban from the touchline mm-hmm. of European football, which you hope, again, has an impact on whether or not any of the super clubs are interested in taking him back. But like, it's all about him today, and Sevilla have just won. You know, yeah. As you were pointing out, the third manager of the season. It's incredible. Oh, the turnaround since March has been insane. Like They were just outside the La Liga relegation zone. I think they're up to seventh now. Um, they've only lost two games in 11 and now they've just won a European title like that's some turnaround they're unbelievable in Europe because like, you look at the start of their season and they were absolutely putrid relegation was actually a, a possibility for Sevilla at one point and uh, the fact that they've managed to go on and they beat Manchester United and they beat Juventus and now they've beaten Roma like they, they've, they've won the Europa League the hard way that's not an easy an easy run to the title either but yeah Jose takes the headlines and it felt like that scene afterwards it felt like I felt like Vince McMahon was going to walk out. It felt like WWE, mm. a stage, almost staged wrestling kind of um, attack on Anthony Taylor. You don't, you don't ever see Anthony Taylor in the clip, but you know he's he's there somewhere in the background, and maybe the officials are walking out. But even before like the result last night, like John Bruin's going to be on the show a little bit later on to talk about the game and also Mourinho. And even before that, like I was chatting to him, and I think it was. They think the game was draw at that stage, and he was like, "It's it's going to be a Mourinho theme." He was like, "No matter what happens in this game." all anyone is going to be talking about tomorrow morning is Mourinho. And it's right. Like You look at all the papers, all the headlines, it's Mourinho, and there's like maybe a paragraph or a couple of lines dedicated to Sevilla and the incredible feat that they've achieved. Mm. And the rest is just like the cult of Mourinho and what he has done. I, I weirdly found myself, like Stockholm Syndrome or something, I found myself at the start of the match supporting Rooting for him. I, I was rooting for him. I was like, I, I want this. Cause it, but then had, you remembered what he did to you. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But he hadn't even conceded a goal in one, any of his European finals since Henrik Larsson in, in 03. Like ever, so like that own goal for the Sevilla goal. You're like, oh, this is this is history. It does, it does, it does remind us all. What was Daniel Levy doing? Not, not. I mean, did he feel like was there a bonus associated with winning the trophy? Was there like a, a clause that kicked in the contract that there was an extra year, and so the compensation would have been more? Well, I don't understand. Like mm. the, the the decision to turn down the opportunity to win the trophy with Mourinho. Granted, they might still have lost with him, but yeah. they had a much better chance than they did without him. We should move on because the other big manager story is that Ange and Spurs... Now, uh, before the Celtic fans get too worried, Spurs have literally been linked with every available top-quality manager in world football over the last four months, and not a single one of them has bitten beyond uh, having conversations and thinking, well, this doesn't really sound like a good deal. It feels like there are a lot of strings attached and the baggage seems to be weighing everybody in the room down, literally and metaphorically. And so... Yet, there's enough here where it feels like there's no smoke without fire, that Ange's, Ange's camp seemed to be allowing this to happen, that the interest is bubbling up. Perhaps Ange is using this as a, a means to provoke the Celtic owner to back the club with more money and more ambition. I mean, they do have one of the best, uh, I don't know, he seems like a very, very, very good manager. And to lose him now would seem like carelessness. I know. Well, Sorry, go on, Kathleen. I was going to say, as much as like Spurs have been linked with every manager, Ange has also been linked with every single job that's come up. And most of them, it's kind of just because he, of the success he's had with Celtic, whereas this feels like the first time there's actually like proper reports that he's in talks with Spurs, which makes me think that 
there's a bit more to it than possibly other. Mm. Like which they, they were linked with Roberto De Zerbi, they were linked with Marco Silva, they were linked with Arne Slot, who, of course, last week said he's staying with Feyenoord. Well, so Luis Enrique. If you follow, if you follow the the train through, though, they were linked with Nagelsmann, and they they mm. continued to be linked with him until it emerged that he didn't want to go or that talks had broken down. With Slot, he was linked for ages, and there was no denial for ages until he said he was staying where he was. Apparently, the money was incorrect, or some, something. Uh, the the transfer fee that Feyenoord wanted was shocked Spurs. With this, there's been a slight bubble up, but there's no, there's been no report yet from Celtic saying that's not going to happen. It, uh, Celtic are bracing themselves for an official approach to come after the cup final. Like the approach would only come if Spurs feel like if they've been given comfort somewhere along the way uh, by an advisor or something that yeah yeah if you do that now I think that might make sense. Yeah, the reports in the papers today seem to be that they're not going to approach him until after Celtic play Inverness Cali Thistle in that cup final on Saturday. But I mean, you'd imagine they'll have. That's not. I don't. No, know. they'll have up negotiations before then. It's lying season. Yeah, of course, of course, so. everyone's lying. But if you're Ange, I really, really hope he doesn't do this. Don't do this, Ange, if you're watching. I mean, that, you said it this morning, Kathleen, it, it, it has the stench of Potter to Chelsea off it, mm. where eventually, a, a few months in, he's going to regret and go, oh, I had a good thing. I had such a good thing at Celtic. Could have waited another six months, maybe a year, won another treble up in Scotland, and then moved on. Like, his, 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 his star is not going to go down in Scotland, let's be honest. Like, it's, it's going to stay either where it is or go higher, so... I think everyone expects him to move on at some stage and get you know a decent job but I just don't know what going to Spurs with this current team what he's going to be able to do and like to be fair maybe he'll go in and he'll be the first person to actually talk Daniel Levy around and build the team that he wants in the same way he's done with Celtic and we could all be eating our words in a year's time but it just it's the sort of club where you don't have control in the same way that if you go to Chelsea, you don't have control because of the looming large of a character like Daniel Levy. And whoever does go in there either needs to be very, very certain in themselves and able to stand up for themselves. And I kind of feel like maybe you need a bit more of a... Portfolio is wrong because like obviously Ange has achieved quite a bit so far, but I just feel like you need a bit more European success and a bit more of that sort of backing to be able to go into Spurs and actually achieve what you want to achieve. I do think the Spurs job is a good job, personally. I think that um, because of the, the stadium and the match day income, which we keep hearing about, um, the playing squad, you know the way the playing squad at Man United was so, oh, this is horrific. We, no one could ever make this work. And then all of a sudden, a grown-up comes in the room mm. and things improve immediately. So some of those players who were playing badly this year for Spurs under Ange could actually play well his style of football is going to get Spurs fans on on board straight away like do you if you're if you're Ange and you know that there's the strong likelihood that Harry Kane's going to leave do you convince him to stay for one season and score another 30 goals and then you've got Kane and Son playing Ange ball I don't know I think I think like um, how many opportunities is Ange going to get like what what other top six, top eight clubs in England are there. There's the City job, right? Which, you know, he has been part of the Manchester City, um, uh, what do you call it? What are, what are all the millions of clubs that they own? Um, so they do know him and they are aware of 
Ange's uh, characteristics as a manager and so it wouldn't be it's not beyond the bounds possibility that he gets talked about as a potential city um, city boss it's unlikely though it feels like a, it's unlikely that they would take somebody from Celtic to take over from Guardiola I don't know well, but after that the Liverpool job is he maybe he's a candidate for the Liverpool job Liverpool fits Liverpool fits his mould better like so Ange's positives he, he unbelievable in transfers knowledge of the Japanese market clearly with the players he's brought into Celtic his man management, apparently he fist pumps all the colleagues, one of these usual stories every morning coming into the training ground. Everybody likes him. Um, tactical tactical nous as well. But then you look at his European record, it's, it's very poor. Um, the the quality of football in Scottish in Scotland, let's be honest, doesn't lead us much in terms of uh, it doesn't tell us where he's at as a manager. Um, and there are other negatives. No sign of guaranteed success in like the Premier League. There's not. And there's also, he, he specifically asked not to have a director of football at Celtic because he doesn't like working under someone. Daniel Levy, I mean, the shadow of Daniel Levy over him is not something Ange wants. I, 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 I don't see any truth to that. It could be a red face now next week when he signs the contract in Tottenham. But, so, but if, you're, if you're in Camp Ange, right, uh, what job are you waiting for? What, what mythical job in the future are you waiting for? Well, the Man United job is not coming available. No. The Liverpool job is unlikely to come available. For, it might do, you know. Klopp might burn out, and maybe at the end of next season, Pep might win the Champions League and decides there's no more Everest for me to climb. And I'm stinking rich, and you know, uh, there's the potential for us to be a Championship club for a season. Uh, unlikely, but it's a possibility. So those three unlikely. Uh, after that, who are you looking at? The Chelsea job. Just signed Pochettino to a three-year deal. Mm. More than likely, he sees out two of those years. More than likely. Yeah. Um, after that, Arsenal, not going to happen. So we're, the Spurs job might be the best available job in England over the next three seasons. Yeah. Uh, like, the advice, uh, you just wait, don't you? Like, if you're For what, though? For a better job than this. What's, what's the better job? Well, sh- well, maybe say the Liverpool job Give me the job better job. Come on, I've just listened, I've listened to every club in the world hey, football say, there, Shane. Say six to 12 months, Liverpool job comes up. Uh, Ange does not develop young players, by the way. Like he, Celtic have an unbelievable academy, and he do just, they have an unbelievable academy? Well, they have a lot of players who are very hyped. Yeah, well, they have a strong academy, I would say. Do but, they have a strong but, academy? Well, we don't know because Ange doesn't bring them in. Well, that's that. Well, then they're not good enough. But the, the, I remember Tom English was on this a number of months ago, and he said there is a decent crop of young Celtic players that just can't get a chance under Ange. There's a bit of a Mourinho about him in terms of he's not he uses the players that are there. He buys players in from Japan and elsewhere. Uh, I don't know if it fits at Spurs. Like it just to me looks like something that's going to go badly wrong within the first six months, and and I think Ange is a brilliant manager. I just think the Spurs job, I know you say it's a good, it's a good job. Of course it is. It'll be good money. It's a brilliant stadium, and all the rest. And you've they've a decent got, team. They've got like one of the best players in world football and Harry Kane on their team. But he might be gone this summer. He might be gone. But maybe Ange comes down and goes, "You're the man, and we're going to break all the records, and we're going to we're going to win a Champions League here." He's heard it all before, Kane, hasn't he? Yeah, but not Promises. from somebody credible. Like, I don't know what the conversation was like with Antonio Conte. I probably thought Conte was credible when he was coming in, but like, if you're Harry Kane this summer, and again, Kane dominates the back pages morning after morning this summer, but he's, he has to leave to, to win a trophy. Um, uh, I don't know what. Being successful in Scotland, says Shane, doesn't guarantee success in the Premier League, as we've previously seen. Won't last one season if he moves to Spurs. Uh, why wouldn't he go to Spurs? Ambition has never been as low, so less pressure, says John Claffey. Spurs is a basket case, but it's not Chelsea, says Seabrack, and I think he's capable of doing a job there. Big question for me is the squad. Again, here's the thing. If you're Ange and you know the squad, you're like, well, that guy clearly underperforming by about 40%. I'll get that 40% out of him. And suddenly we have players who are more than capable of holding their own in the top six in the Premier League. And then all of a sudden it's a good season. Yeah, that point that point that John Claffey makes, uh, ambition never been as low at Spurs, so there's less pressure. That Maybe that's an argument for the Spurs position. 
like literally couldn't be worse at the moment. Like they're not in European football for next season. He does a bad record in Europe anyway, so maybe get them to Europe and then a year later develop them. I don't know. If Andrew does go to Spurs, Gerald, like what do you think he'll be given the time to develop the team in the way that he likes it, and there'll be the patience there? Well, to let him have the time and space. Yeah, I think there will. Really, I think there's there's going to be an acceptance the next time that the manager has to not be a Jose style or a Conte style, and that they're going back to the Pochettino point where they gave him a period of time now if memory serves he was good out the gate at Spurs um, I do think that he has a style of play that will immediately get the Spurs fans on board in a way that some of the managers recently haven't uh, check out um, check out the, the goalkeeper from Wolves who was like uh, what, are, what are we doing here why are we signing this guy um, so I, like, I genuinely do think that there's a good chance that he's successful early. There's no European football for him to worry about. So he plays his best team week in, week out, which means the small squad is not that bad uh, a problem for him. The not developing young players, like I think everybody thinks that, as Wenger said, they've got the prettiest wife. And everybody thinks the kids coming through next. Well, they're the generation that are going to save us and change football. But like, who is brilliant at bringing through young players? Like, give me the world manager who manages a, a super club at the moment who's like, got a long track record of bringing players into the team who then go on and have 5, 10, 15 year careers and like if we're looking at Man City they've bought all the best young talent in the world and spent the most money on their academy in the world and so therefore they have Phil Foden but like who else has come through into that team? Yeah well like Arteta's done it Arteta's brought through young players uh, Alex Ferguson did it like it, it can Arteta work. probably needs more time though. To Alex Ferguson is a little bit of an outlier there, Shane. Yeah, but, but a little it, bit of an outlier. I'm not saying that that Ange needs to at Celtic bring through ten academy players into the first team every season, but but blood a few of them in. They're just I want to shite. Well, then then you whose fault is that? Well, Celtic's fault, obviously. Exactly. Like I don't know. So, in one case, you're saying he's too good for for Spurs, and then on the other, you're saying, oh, but look at all these these ugly parts to his. His ability. Yeah, but he's t- he took as in the Spurs job and everything out off the pitch. Like the the, the the crap that comes with working with Daniel Levy, it it appears is not worth it. Surely. Uh, I also think this summer going to Spurs when Harry Kane appears to be out the door. Now the the argument for it, and I'm not trying to talk myself into it, but the argument for Ange to Spurs is that he's a great man manager. Look look at the state of those Spurs players. Some of them need look like they just need a hug. And and Ange would give them a hug. And he'll yeah. give them a fist bump and they'll all be happy well, and yeah. they'll exactly. <laughs> win the Premier League. <laughs> Rory Dunhill, what's going on? Celtic manager for Liverpool FC. Seriously. Uh, well, we'll see, Rory. We'll see what, what the, the shortlist for... Uh, Brendan, Ro- Brendan Rodgers, anyone? Celtic manager, manager for Liverpool FC? The next manager first. at um, Liverpool is going to be interesting. Conor Joyce says, clearly he'll take the Spurs job if it's offered to him because he has a brain unlike some other people. I don't know who you're talking about here, Connor. <laughs> Shots fired. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.